Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I am not a crusty crab. Ah, greetings and salutations, members of the Hard Rock Lunchbox, and of course the top twenty. How's everybody doing today? It is simply a beautiful December fourteenth, twenty twenty-three year of our Lord. Yeah, keeps making me fun. Keeps making me laugh. It does not keep making me funny. I can assure you of that. Uh, I am wearing a new hat today. I know everybody cares. Uh, if it gets too warm, I'm going to pull it off halfway through. Uh, I like this hat. It's very comfortable, but it is incredibly warm. I wear this hat when I walk. I don't know why I thought it would be a good idea to wear now, but uh, alas, here we are. <laughs> Man, we are in the slide towards the end of the year. It is going fast in some ways and super slow in others. I'm just, honestly, I'm just trying to keep up because I can't seem to. Um, yeah, man, just, like, what's that movie? Like, and everything, everywhere, all at once? That's literally my biopic right now. It's so horrible. Just trying to squeeze, like, everything out of the time that I have. And every time I, like, think I, not that I caught up, but, like, every time I think that I, like, got to a, like, a... One of those places, like literally something else has been coming in. It's actually been kind of funny. Like it's just like, oh man, like, and and it's all uh, invariably stuff I've just forgotten. Like and uh, and uh, it's just like I'm trying to balance balance a lot up here. But I, you know, I do I do a pretty good job of keeping stuff in my calendar. What I've realized lately is I've actually been too busy to check my calendar. Like I've screwed up a couple things over the past couple weeks simply because I just didn't check my calendar and my Outlook does some weird thing. I don't know. Who else, uh, like, I don't know if we're all here for, like, office nonsense and tech problems, but, like, my Outlook does this weird thing every now and then where the reminders just don't work. They just, they don't update. So I have to shut Outlook down and I bring it back up and all of a sudden, like, a whole bunch of things pop up, uh, most of which have passed already, which is always, always fun. So, yeah, I'm playing a lot of catch-up. I'm actually at the point now where I'm using uh, PTO days, uh, personal time off uh, days, uh to catch up on work, which is like bananas, and it's not like it's not like I'm doing the PTO like for the same company I'm, I work for, right? That'd be ridiculous. Why would I come in on my day off? Right? This is not office space, and I'm not coming in on Saturday anyway, Gary. I don't care. Um, but I uh, I do have side jobs, so I've been using my days off to do these side jobs because, first of all, the money would be helpful, but like. I'm just really, really far behind in a few of them, and I, I just have to get them done because I, because I said I would, and you know, there's other things to you know get done. But <sighs> it's been it's been a week. Like for here's a, here's like a perfect example of something that just didn't need to happen. Like for for the past couple of years, the, the primary place I work for, where I have benefits for, they do their open enrollment in April. Uh, it, their open enrollment it's in March for health insurance. Uh, but it, it, it starts April 1st. For whatever reason, this year they're going calendar year, so it starts this, so it's, uh, starts January 1st, which means open enrollment is, you guessed it, in December. And you got a 10-day window to basically figure out everything you're going to do next year. And as somebody that you know has kind of had a usage for uh, health insurance over the past year, like it's kind of important. Like I actually have to look at it. Uh, for the first time ever, uh, we are getting pet insurance. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, my cat, my beloved cat Momo, uh, which if you ever want to see what Momo looks like, you can hashtag what's your Momo. Um, I think it's, I think it's what's your Momo. Yeah, it's what's your Momo. Hashtag, check for that hashtag uh, on Instagram and you will see my ridiculous cat. He's adorable and we love him. He's a, just a, an amazing member of our family, but he's getting older now. I have no idea how old he is. I know that the first couple years for a cat, they it's like 35 in human years. Uh, so I think he's older than I am. But i got to tell you, man, he looks fantastic. He's doing really much better than I am. Uh, but I know that every time you take a pet to a vet, it's like you know, $150, $200, if nothing's at all wrong with him. I mean, I know the last time we went to the vet with Momo, 
uh, they wanted to pull his teeth because, like, his back teeth, because, like, you know, he's like getting older, and you know, they've got. Some, I want to say gingivitis, but I honestly don't remember what the term was. Uh, and we were like, he's literally eating all the time. He's not showing like he's in any pain. The moment he's in pain, we'll address it. But like, I don't see. Like, I'm not a big believer in pulling teeth anyway. Like, I, I know, like, kids, like, in the age of orthodontia, right, and over-orthodontia, like, where everybody has to have perfect teeth, which, by the way, is complete bullshit, by the way. Because, first of all, you don't have to have perfect teeth. That's just something that we're imposing on society. And, like, how dare us, like, shame people that get, like, you know, breast augmentation or Botox and, you know, we don't say anything about, uh, you know, teeth straightening, like, that just doesn't need to be done. Like... Obviously, if there's a problem and you need to fix some stuff because of crowding, like, do that. But, like, I remember with Charlotte when she had she had braces here, there, I forget. She had basically what were pre-braces because the orthodontist effectively just lied to us because she was young enough. And he was like, why don't we just pick, correct this thing? And she had a palate expander, which I don't want to go into, by the way, because it is the most one of the most horrific things I've ever gone through as a parent. Like, just completely so i don't really want to do that um but like she had one of those uh and but she also had while we were doing that she had like some pre-orthodontia which was basically just to maintain the spacing in her teeth so that there would be room to grow in because what happens obviously is like if your teeth are kind of like messed up as other teeth your adult teeth grow in they'll like start pushing stuff and since everything doesn't come in at the exact same time some things leave that way like, my top teeth, like, I don't know if you can see that. This has got to be really great for radio. My top teeth right here, they're they're pretty straight, and there's really not much wrong with them, and that's all natural. I never had braces. Uh, I have a chip in my tooth that I got in second grade falling off the, the uneven bars. That was fun. It's also the very first time I uh, I knocked I knocked, got the wind knocked out of me. And I have to tell you, man, whew, that's, that's a good one. I've seen it happen to my soccer players when they get the wind knocked out of them. And the very first thing I tell them is like, you're going to be okay. You just have to wait for your diaphragm to reset and you'll be able to breathe again. I promise. Um, so, like, just a very scary thing all around. So I have that. But my bottom teeth are all kind of messed up. There's not enough room. Uh, you think in a big giant head like mine, there would be enough room for all the teeth I'm supposed to have and then some. But nope. Uh, this gets all bunched up here, which makes it incredibly difficult to floss. So uh, I don't as much as I ought to. And, you know, that's that's too bad. And that just ends up being a conversation I have to have every four to six months with my hygienist. But I feel like she loses the argument every single time at this point. So it's really on her if she wants to bring it up. <laughs> um, what was I saying about this? Something. But anyway, so um, orthodontia braces. Uh... Momo, yes. Ha, see that? I made it all the way back around. All by myself. Look, Ma, no hands. Um, so, yeah, so they wanted to, like, pull his teeth because, like, there was some stuff. And I'm like, dude, like, we'll pull his teeth when we when we need to. Like, I've seen, oh, that's what I was saying about kids, like, that get their teeth pulled because their mouths are too small. It's like, first of all, they're children. Like, give them a break. Like, let it happen. Like, maybe the teeth is what helps expand things. And they're just like, nope, nope, I need a new boat. So I got to put, uh, let's pull those teeth. And I'm like... I'm not doing that. But anyway, so we got pet insurance. Um, it's, it actually seems like less pet insurance and more like pet discount. Like, I don't know when that happened. I haven't been in the in the insurance sector in a very long time because I was self-employed. Like, I'm still self-employed for a lot of what I do, but I do have a qualifying uh, contract now uh, with, a cus- with, a, with a customer that I signed up for a couple years ago at this point. Uh, so it, it gives me benefits because I was kind of worried about the state of benefits. Uh, and uh, I realize now that the New York benefits are way better, uh, and I should have just stuck with them because they're way better, way cheaper, and um, that was unfortunate. That was a bad call on my part, so sorry about that. Um, but uh, something, you know, so anyway, so open a we have pet insurance now. It's like uh, just under $3 a week. Uh, and it basically is going to cut down the cost of stuff. It's like 40% off whatever the things are. So hopefully it'll pay for itself. Otherwise, I'm just pissing more money away. But... Tomato, tomato. I keep getting texts from my pharmacy. Sorry, I don't mean to be distracting. I certainly don't mean to be on my phone. Uh, during the show, I keep getting texts from my pharmacy because I asked them. Uh, I sent them a message because I needed a refill on something. And uh, it says, like, right on the thing that I'm going to be out of this stuff on the 18th, right? Which is, I always 
built in like a couple of days anyway. So like that's not entirely true. So pharmacy, if you're listening, just disregard that. Uh, but like I always build in a little bit of time. Um, so um, the but it, but it says it's too soon to refill it. But it, I'm going to be out on the 18th, and it's the 14th, bruh. Like, you know, and there's a weekend in there, and it comes from Indiana. So oh, it's a compounding pharmacy pharmacy in Indiana. So that's where I get it from. And so I just sent them a message, and I was like, hey, man, like, where, like, why can't I, re, like, refill this? Like, it's going to, are you going to just evaporate it here or apparate it here? Like, or is Harry Potter, like, going to send it through the flu network? Like, I don't know what's going to happen, because, I, I mean, honestly, that would be very cool. I don't have a fireplace, though. I don't know what happened. Oh, God, I would love to have a fireplace. I grew up with a fireplace. I really do miss it sometimes. Um, but, so they keep texting me, telling me, like, yeah, one or more of your prescriptions are on their way. And I'm like, I didn't authorize anything, bro. Like, just I just wanted to know, like, why I couldn't do it. And maybe they were like, oh, let's just send this. But I didn't do it because, like, I, I have a couple of prescriptions and I want to send it at the same time. And they tend to charge me for shipping. And it's like, what are you doing, guys? Like... <laughs> What what are we doing here? And anyway, so uh, I'll figure all that out. But my phone does keep beeping, and it's my pharmacist. So I'll uh, I'll deal with that during the musical interludes that are coming up soon. Um, I want to talk about a couple things, including the show this past Friday night. Thank you all that were in attendance. I do have some comments, unsurprisingly, I'm sure, about some of the stuff that I think went down during the show. But. Uh, I want to just talk about, real quick, my incredible urge to go on Facebook and call people out for being completely stupid. And I would also like to pat myself on the back, right there, for not doing so, because I really do feel like it's kind of pointless, and there's really just no... There's really just no talking to the people that I'm trying to talk to. But my biggest concern has always been the people that are reading these dumb things and thinking they're true, because that has been the the epidemic that has really gone you know, awry here because that that's like the, the, the misinformation is what these people are bothering to post. And it's just, it's so funny to me because you can, you can argue and disagree about things like ideologically. Like I've been watching a couple of things with like Liz Cheney lately, who I just don't agree with. And even Nikki Haley, who I don't do not agree with on most things either, but there's like a difference of ideology and you need, you can allow for people to have differences of opinion, right? It's like religion. Like, okay, you believe that, you know, God is the one true God and the Jews don't so much or whatever it is that they do. And the Muslims are really anti-Jesus and stuff like, you know, so you can, you can have different conversations about ideology, but like, you know, it's, it's better to kind of see what you kind of agree on. Like Liz Cheney was, was basically like most of the people in Congress right now, a lot of the Trump supporters and election deniers are basically violating the, the, the constitution. They're trying to invalidate the free and fair elections of the United States of America, which is you know tantamount to treason. But like, I disagree with her on most other things, but she's she's really you know making some excellent points, and like nobody's really listening. But uh, what I wanted to say specifically was, I keep seeing, and I just I'm just I'm literally just not on all that much. I was on more because I had the show on Friday, so I was at least trying to promote. So I feel bad, like I don't want to get on Facebook like at all, but I also do need to promote because I'm putting on a show, and people need to know about that because it's very hard for me to communicate with people. I will not text people directly and be like, I'm coming to a show because I feel like that's way too guilty or I'm having a show and stuff like that so I don't do that either. So it's really my only choice. Instagram, Facebook, I already don't TikTok. I barely tweet. So it's it's kind of like what I've got to do. If you don't listen to the show, you don't know much about like what what Rebel 9 is up to and that's and that's fine. That's on me. So I felt compelled to do it but I kept... I kept going on to like do those things and I would just see stuff like at the top of my feed that was just so ridiculous. Uh, like I'm seeing a lot of stuff now like how like uh, I'm I I am really kind of under I, I don't understand what's going on at the border right now and I don't understand why the Democrats aren't addressing it even just giving a reason for why they aren't securing the border more. Like I I've been pretty clear about how I feel about asylum versus migrants and and how people like there's there's there needs to be a system. I realize it's a big operation, but like we're a big country, I feel like we can take on a big operation. But the fact that the Democrats aren't even speaking on this is just flipping me out because it's you know just allowing the Republicans to say whatever they want, and they're basically only just saying that the border needs to be secured and it's being overrun. And 
I don't see that as not being true. And, to, you know, I don't mind agreeing with Republicans when they're correct. And I think they're totally, totally correct on this. And a lot of stuff that's going on with, like, Ukraine, Ukraine funding, like they're trying to tie border security to the Ukraine funding, which I am always just against. I, clean bills, just, just do clean bills. But it's a good argument. If that's the only way Congress can get something that they really want out of this, then I guess they're going to have to do that. Biden really wants to support Ukraine. Uh, the Republicans in Congress really want border security. I think that's a fair discussion to have. Uh, so it's, you know, it's it, it, my, it, it's fine. But a lot of the posts I'm seeing right now are, are about Democrats are just letting, you know, illegals in so they can vote, so they can win elections. And it's just like, first of all, that's de- demonstrably false, right? Like, it's, it's not how it works. Illegals cannot vote. You do actually need ID in most states. Uh, and you do need to be on voter registration rolls and all the others. Like, even in New York, where you don't actually need ID, you go in, you say where you are, your signature has to match, you have to get your address right. For Christ's sake, every time I go to vote, I know the guy sitting there. Like, he knows me. I coached his daughter in soccer a million years ago. Like, the guy that is actually taking my signature knows me personally, and that's why they have those election workers. Because they do tend to know the people in the neighborhood. And they, you know, again, you have to have your address and as long as you're registered to vote, you just keep showing up every year. Same signature. If your signature doesn't match, they can call it into contest. Blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, it's not like illegals are just coming here and voting for Biden. It, like, it's, And first of all, most uh, Latin Americans tend to be voting more Republican lately because they're just not paying attention. And because they're as, as, as people do better economically, they tend to lean more fiscally conservative, right? As soon as people start making money, the very first thing they want to do is is stop giving money to poor people. It's just the way capitalism works, and it's just the way you know economics really is, and there's a lot of reasons for it. But my, my personal favorite is the, um, you know, well, the other one is, like, I love about the economy, and people just talk about how great the economy was when Trump was president. The economy was great the first two years because Obama handed uh, uh, Trump probably the best economy this country has seen uh, ever, possibly, but at least since Bill Clinton. But the simple fact of the matter is that we were in a in basically a recession because COVID shut the economy down because former President Trump could not handle such an emergency, and he didn't care enough to bother, honestly. he he uh, Cassidy Hutchinson said one of the greatest things I've ever heard said about Trump and that. Uh, we had somebody that was uniquely unqualified to handle an emergency of that, um, of, that, of that stature. And that's exactly what it was. Trump couldn't handle this big problem and he destroyed the economy. So people are always talking about how good the economy was under Trump. They're full of shit. So don't believe a single word that they say. Like, it was good for, like, the first year. Thank you, Obama. And then he murdered it. He absolutely destroyed. Nine trillion dollars in debt was added during his presidency. But my absolute all-time favorite that keeps showing up is they talk about how great things were during Trump and they say that there were no wars during that time because there's two wars going on right now right there's the Russia is invaded uh, uh, Ukraine uh, illegally and uh, Israel is now at war with Hamas and Gaza and you can argue the merits of that particular war we can discuss that if you want because I actually have some mixed feelings on that Uh, I am not pro Hamas in any capacity so like let's just nip that in the bud right now but there's two wars going on right now but what people and mostly republicans and by republicans i mean stupid republicans that are posting on facebook seem to forget is that we were we as a country were still at war in afghanistan during the trump presidency it was president biden that got us out and finally ended the war in afghanistan and those very same republicans were the same shitheads that kept posting about how badly he did it so you would think they would at least remember that we were indeed still at war us as a country were at war we we were at war under the entire time of trump's presidency so whenever you see that there were no wars going on under trump's presidency all you really have to do is just like laugh at the person that posted and be like we were still in afghanistan and you're the dumbest fuck i've ever seen on the internet and obviously that's not true because there's always a dumber fuck on the internet so just keep that in mind I didn't come here to talk about any of that. I did actually, uh, I wanted to say a few things about the show on uh, Friday night. I did not want uh, it to be part of the top 20, the the crux of what I'm going to say, because a lot of it actually is negative. So I kind of want to save that for my listening audience, and then we can just talk about it in the chat here, uh, 99WNRR, if you're interested. Because I had some really interesting stuff go down. Uh, Like, I thought overall it was a great night. It was much better than I actually expected. There were a couple of hiccups along the way, um, some of which were expected. Some of which were not, but I think 
I was very pleasantly surprised by how well the venue handled everything. They had, in my opinion, some top-notch staff. Uh, they had two Sean's behind the bar, and th- as far as I can tell, like nobody waited at all, like for for drinks and stuff like that. And we had Mike. We ended up with Michael Scarabino from Quiet, the band Quiet, doing sound and at the door, and like. There's something about having an actual musician sitting at the door working your sound. I mean, was the sound 100% perfect? I don't know. It seemed pretty good to me. But at least he was there listening and he would make adjustments as he would go. Like, that's a great thing considering most sound guys leave the board and, like, head out to smoke or whatever. But Scarabino did an A-plus job. So I think the sound was absolutely on point. Uh, and like I said, like the, the venue was clean, both bathrooms were working, like it, the lights were on, I mean the parking there is, like I said, like there were some hiccups that we knew, we knew the parking was going to be horrible. I ended up parking across the street in some court, and it seems like that's where most other people parked. And as I was thinking about how bad it, how bad it is, the reality is that place only holds 50 people. So how many cars are there actually going to be spread throughout the neighborhood? Probably not many. I mean, at most 50, right? But like, probably closer to like 25, like, that's not so bad considering how many neighborhood parking spots there probably are. I mean, I feel bad for the people that live there, but like we're not there all that often. So I think it was a super positive experience, and I'm actually looking to put more together uh, at Nostalgia because, you know, I talked to Thomas. He's like, everybody said it was great. Uh, I did tell him that they ran out of Jameson, and I said that was a big no-no with my crowd. Uh, and he laughed, and I was like, okay, but... But I'm going to remind you next time to pick up an extra bottle because if you don't, I will. And I'll make $175 off a liter of Jameson. We could do it that way. But uh, I think everybody I spoke to enjoyed the show. Everybody I spoke to had a good time. And more importantly, every single person that I spoke to would definitely do it again, which was really what I was not expecting. I really expected there to be some, because I've heard some horror stories already about that place, but it usually tends to be based on the service, and maybe it just wasn't Friday nights, because Thomas did tell me that the two Sean's behind the bar is kind of a staple on Friday nights. So if I'm going to continue to do this, that's where I'm going to aim for. So I'm pretty psyched for maybe some more of them but like i said like i want to address it a little bit more later and then we'll talk in the chat because i definitely want some feedback on this and if you're listening uh after the fact and you want to do your feedback absolutely do it. go ahead and message me you can uh, message me on facebook or if you have my direct contact information you can do that or you can always message me at hardrocklunchbox at gmail.com like i said I, this is important to me i really do want some feedback and some ideas and some opinions because i am considering doing three or four more of these in 2024 leaning towards three but again that'll be up for discussion we'll get to that a little bit later in the show because definitely time to end the top 20 now i feel like i've talked enough but i feel like you could argue i would have talked enough the moment i started talking and that's that's pretty par for the course so uh, let's get some music going and then we'll uh take it as it comes uh, so they say and uh yada 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 and blah 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 hard rock lunch box in case you haven't uh, figured out that Beartooth's new album is just awesome, I'm here to help you figure that out because that's what we do here. Hard Rock Lunch Box. So, <laughs> there was there was a lot to be said for what was going on uh, Friday night at the uh, Long Island Rock Unplugged Returns. Uh, it was very... Um, what's the word? Uh, it was very satisfying. That's the wrong word. Uh, exciting something something between exciting and satisfying for me uh, because one of the things um, one of the things that I always liked about the unplugs is uh, somewhere lies somewhere between talking bands and doing it and getting new people that want to do it um, and then in, of course there's the having a space for people to do that and I feel like that was that was that was a lot of what was going on. Like like Mike Thompson, who I just I, I adore, and I, I you know I always have, and even like from back in the all new episode days. Like I I don't know what it is about all new episode, but like they are just one of my favorite bands. Like as a as a people, <laughs> like as a unit, um, you know. And I think they're really talented anyway. But like honestly, they don't have to be like they it's like that like like I just like them regardless um, 
so I'm just always happy. But like, you know, like Mike's a good dude, and he like he writes funny songs. He writes good songs, uh, but he's got like a. It was funny because I was actually saying like he got, and I I said and I prefaced this with him. I was like, listen. I'm going to say something that's a compliment, and it's going to sound kind of odd, but, like, please know that I mean this. And I basically said, you've gotten so much better. And it's not like he was bad before, but, like, he got noticeably better. Like, there's this thing when, like, you know, some people don't play guitar so well, where there's a lot of missed notes, or they're not held correctly. It's actually something I'm struggling with a lot right now because of the nerve damage um, in my neck that's causing problems in my hand. Like, I, I can't squeeze... The neck as tight as I'd like to, so, so I'm not as on point as I used to be, and it's just flipping me out. Um, but there's that kind of stuff, like, and he's just gotten so much better. I mean, vocally he was always fine, but it was really more about his playing and stuff. But the songwriting and the arranging, especially working with the drum machine, I thought was really, really good. But, like, the other two things that were, like, super great for just the existence of the show is the fact that Andy from Off the Turnpike, like, basically wanted back in. He took a very long hiatus and just didn't want to do anything and as attractive as that sounds sometimes it's not always so great for somebody that's like in music and trying to be a social creature and stuff like that to just sort of dip out of the world for a little while so honestly having the spot for him to come in and be like part of it again and be able to perform in front of a room of people where he invite i mean obviously he invited some people that came to see him and that's great but like most of our crowd remembers like when Andy would show up at these things or off the turnpike would play you know some of these shows so it was like a really nice safe space to kind of re-enter and like that is a big thing and I I am proud of that like I am happy that it existed even just for that reason and then the other side of it is just dragging new people onto the show like Julia from Neon Skyline I mean I think just probably just turned like 14 or 15 years old or however old she is and I made her effectively do the show uh, but she was happy to do it and I even wonder a couple times I'm like you gotta understand like things are like kind of like our little scene sandbox stuff it's weird like but I said it's like Joey weird so if you can handle Joey like you can handle the rest of everything that's gonna happen she's like I can handle Joey just fine and I was like alright well then you're gonna just flourish here so it was great to have her on board and like bring something brand new that none of us had ever seen, right? Like, because she's never done an Unplugged before. And I think I can speak for everybody that was in attendance that that was a really good ad, right? Like, I think that that was a good get. And that I'm not looking for credit. I'm looking for, hey, this product is still a good thing. And, like, when I think about some of the people that I want to, like, ask on, like, I'm looking to add Matt from Off Guard to one of these things. I'm looking at Danny, uh, Danny, Casey, Carrie, Casey, to one of these things. And, like, I'm always looking for, like, the newer talent. And thank you, everybody, that keeps sending newer talent my way because I want to do that. And if we're going to continue to do some of these, like, I want to bring Eddie back in because I know Eddie. I haven't done Unplugged with Eddie forever. Uh, James had to miss this one from Pathmaker. Like, I know he's in for another one. I would love to grab, like... You know, Johnny from Sweet Tooth. I mean, I feel like that's a big, that's a big get. Like, and that's a hard ask. So I'm not necessarily sure that happened. But again, it could be very much like an Andy thing. Like, hey, man, you want to just come sit and, like, play? And, like, I remember talking to Michael Augusta from This Good Robot one time. I was like, he's like, I'm really just not interested in the circus of it all. I'm like, I won't even tell people you're playing, man. Just come play. Like, surprise the, the, surprise the shit out of everybody that's there. And he was like, oh, that does that does sound appealing so even though it never really happened because he started like with his real estate and stuff like that but that, that kind of thing is what I'm talking about like I think that that's a really cool thing to have and it, again it's not something that I'm doing it's just because these things exist these opportunities then exist and I I think that that's important I was listening to uh, discussions and drinks on bacon is my podcast oh I never did housekeeping Sorry, my bad. Uh, discussions of drinks, uh, bacon is my podcast, and they do talk about the show and like how, like these are some of these things are like one time only kind of things, right? Like Jimmy was like doing, you know, an acoustic version dissociate. Like, don't really expect that again anytime soon. I'm not sure that he's going to delve into Skid Row at the next couple. He might, but who knows? He went up there without a set list, which is just ballsy. Anyway, like I can't do that. I there's no way I could do that. I'm not I'm not talented enough. I'm not rehearsed enough. But he just went up there and was like, "What song y'all want?" I hear and it's like nobody said Freebird, so like he just went on with it and it was just you know kind of an impressive thing to like, those kinds of things that's it but anyway I thought Julie did a great job this is my favorite of her set which is 
not surprising. It's my favorite Neon Skyline song, and I figured I'd play it now because why not? One's got brand new music out. I'll admit, I do not like it as much as Landmines, but it might grow on me. It's called Rise Up. Rise? Landmines? Hmm. Some 41? Sounds more like some craving strange. Ah, 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 ah. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. Uh, after taking a couple weeks off and sending in arguably nothing but good uh, material, Mel has returned full force for her musical moment with... Easily one of the most ridiculous songs I've heard all week, and now it'll be one of the most ridiculous songs you've heard all week. It's uh, Lil Deuce Deuce, because why not? On the box. Hop. Hard Rock Lunch Box. 
Man, Lauren Babbitt continuing to impress me with her vocals. Uh, that's with the band Sky Limit, I guess. I'm not entirely sure what the deal is. I know I didn't know the first time I played it. And uh, correct, I still don't know. And that should surprise absolutely no one. So, <clears throat> so it's actually funny. Uh, so Sum 41 I played before. I had new music coming out this week. Uh, and Green Day also had new music coming out this week. And I was like looking at this. I'm like, I got new music from Sum 41 and Green Day, which means I must be 21 years old again. So this is just awesome. <laughs> Or whatever. I don't even know. 18? I, I couldn't even tell you. I just know it, it was deep in my past when that was to happen. But I do have brand new for Green Day. It's called Dilemma. It's a little bit different. It sounds like Billy Joe's like actually singing fairly aggressively. Not something I've ever known him to do. But definitely caught me off guard. I'm not even entirely sure it's him singing, to be perfectly honest. But it's definitely Green Day. And it's definitely Dilemma. And it's definitely on the box. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. So, I found this band yesterday, and it was funny, because at first, like, I didn't want to like it, like, sometimes I, I just jump ahead so I don't have to, like, hear the intro, because I hate hearing, like, the first 30 seconds. I like hearing seconds 30 through 60, actually, uh, if I'm just, like, speed listening through stuff, because I definitely have a lot wrong with my algorithm, so I got a lot of stuff I'm just not interested in, and that's cool, but, like, you know, I don't have time to just go through stuff I don't like. Sometimes I hear the first note, and I hear how badly something's recorded, and I'm like, I'm not interested and that's unfortunate, but that really is the way it works. Um, so I, I didn't want to like this at first, but I was like, there was something. So I like I went back and listened, and I started liking it a little bit more. But I'd never heard of the band before. They're called The Listros, I guess. And the song's called Into the Other Side. I definitely dig it now. Hopefully you will, too. But if not, that's cool. Just let me know in the chat, and I probably won't do anything about it. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I would have loved to have been at the planning meeting for that song. Like, hey, man. <laughs> hey, Jeremy, you know any really loud words that rhyme with luck? <laughs> I might know one, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's Hardy uh, from the whole Tennessee-Nashville crew, along with Jeremy from the whole Ocala <laughs> post-hardcore crew. Um, nice little smash up there. <laughs> smash up there. Excuse me. <laughs> while I figure out how to breathe properly. <clears throat> so, uh, the thing I was going to, or reference earlier during the top 20 that I didn't actually want to be part of the top 20 is uh, this little thought that I'm kind of having about doing more of the unplugged. So, as a general rule, there's no way for me to just tell this part of the story without sounding like a complete asshole. So, if we could just, just sort of embrace that <laughs> That that's what's going to happen for the next couple of minutes and we just move on. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not trying to be conceited or arrogant or anything. Those things just come for free with me. Like, you get those. <laughs> um, but so, like, it just is kind of like a standing rule with me. Like, whenever whenever I close the show, like, I have played enough in this lifetime to know that sometimes um, I just can't stay all night when I'm at a show. I just, I know that. Uh, I remember one time, and it's my go-to story. I was actually... Uh, it's funny that Q's not here today because this is actually something that Q would remember. We were playing with Close to Death. That's Q's band. Um, oh, by the way, I didn't... I wanted to mention... I don't know if anybody saw the, the woman that was filming Andy's, Andy Sexton's set with the bright blonde hair, like artificially blonde hair. Uh, that woman is uh, D-Dial. Uh, I don't know what her real name is, but D is her real name, but I don't know what her last name is. But uh, that woman is D Dial. D was the singer for Close to Death, which was Q's band. Q was the screamer, and D was the singer in that band. So, if you want a little fiction on fiction, wait, no. If you want a little fun fact and trivia, there it is. Uh, but actually, so I, I used to tell the story like we were at uh, Six Flags Great Adventure for Fright Fest one, you know, deep October one one year. Uh, and it started snowing, and they were threatening to close the George Washington Bridge. So I actually told Close to Death, who was playing after us, I was like, listen, this is not something we normally do. And honestly, Six Flags, the show's over by 11, so there's really no reason to leave early. But I did say they were going to be closing the George Washington Bridge overnight, and that we had to leave. And I remember it vividly, because I remember being on the fence, like, do I just stay and just, like, risk it? And, of course, the answer is no. If they're closing one of the major bridges to get home, you kind of got to go, right? But, anyway. So, um, 
though I really have always understood, like when I close the show, like if you have to leave, like you have to leave, right? Like I know that Mike from uh, all new episode and um, Mike and, and Mike and mistakes had to actually leave the show because he had uh, he the way he described it was a toddler emergency, so there was obviously something going on with his kid. Yeah, absolutely, man. I even appreciate that you even told me. You could have messaged me that after the fact. Like, that's fine. Uh, Andy, I knew, was uh, training it back home, uh, and he needed to make a train. Otherwise, he was going to be in the area for another two, three hours or whatever it was. So I knew he was going to be leaving during my set. And he even said, while I was, like, in the middle of my set, like, between the songs, I was like, I'm sorry, I really got to go. Otherwise, I'm never going to get home. And I was like, yeah, why are you still here? Like, that, that kind of stuff is fine. But I will say, and I do want to point out that the day after, like, a lot of times I don't process shows right away because I I know this sounds stupid and maybe it sounds stupid to you guys, but like, I do, like, I do have my own share of anxiety, like, when I'm performing and doing a show. I have, I have a social anxiety anyway that I, I feel like I manage fairly well these days, but I have, you know, a certain level of performance anxiety because I want to do a good job. And in this particular case, I knew I wasn't rehearsed well enough to do this job so you know there was a bunch of stuff just floating a lot of adrenaline and a lot of nerves just floating in and out of my uh my physical being and my psyche and all that other stuff but like so i didn't actually process everything you know very well until really the next day and the rest of the weekend and i realized that like while while i think it's fine that you know leave if you need to but like i feel like way more of the room left than needed to before I even got on stage. And a lot of people even left while I was on stage. Musicians, like musicians that I know, left while I was performing. Which is kind of a dick thing to do anyway, right? Like it really, like in the middle of a, like I had a 35 minute set. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there was no, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. It was just a lot of that. Like, I mean, and I understand, like, I know how the unplugs work because the unplugs are casual. This is the upside and the downside of it, right? Like, so the downside of an electric show is that it's very difficult to talk to people while, you know, there's a band playing because you really just can't hear so well. During an acoustic show, it's much easier to talk to people, and that's fine. Like, I'm very guilty of talking to other people during sets and stuff like that, during acoustic sets. A lot of it is because I'm running them, and I do have communications I have to do. But others of it is, you know, I'm there, and I'm having a good time. I see people I don't see all the time, so I, I want to talk to them and communicate with them. And most of the night at an acoustic show is going to be some form of music. I try not to be rude about it, but, like, you know, I certainly can be for sure. Uh, but really... I just, I was, I was taken aback as I thought about it by like how many people physically left the building before I played and during me playing. And like just the sheer lack of attention I had from most of the room. And I'm, I'm not talking like all eyes on me. Like I'm not that. That's, I've never really been about that. But like the, the amount of distractions going on in the rest of the room was enough to even distract me. And I was the one performing. And I thought that that was... I don't see that all that often. That's usually reserved for, like... I remember a couple times at KJ's when, like, somebody would, like, fall over or knock a table over. It's like, we all stop and we all address that. But, I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. Like, even in the very back of the bar, it was, like, a lightsaber fight going on, which, I, honestly, I thought was funny because, like, it was visually amusing. But I was also in the middle of a performance, which I thought was really weird. And I will say that, like, not to, like, what was me or poo-poo or whatever, but, like... It definitely gave me pause, like, thinking about whether or not I even wanted to do these again, because, like, why on earth would I want to do that again? So I started rethinking about, like, maybe it's just too late. Maybe you can't hold people's attention span that long. I know I had six performances, but they were all shorter. Like, I could have done five performances at 45 minutes, like an electric band sort of setup might be. Uh, but I went with six. It's shorter, with shorter intervals between bands, and it was roughly about the same time. But the venues on Friday and Saturday nights want to be open later for obvious reasons. Obvious, obvious reasons. People drink more, uh, and they want to make more money. So uh, they definitely wanted us to be there later. Um, but I don't know if if the issue is more about how late it is, uh, because again, like we were like I was off stage before twelve thirty, which is what I'd said. You know, during the week when we used to do the KJ's ones, like I was off stage by eleven thirty. That was my pitch, like. We'll be done, and you'll be out, and you'll be home before midnight, which is important on a work night. Like, I totally get it. 
But I'm not sure. Like, 12.30 is just not too late on a weekend night. Like, it isn't. Like, you know, I used to play. I used to I used to go on stage later than that. Like, I know things are a little different post-COVID. But, like, I'm trying to ascertain what exactly is the issue. Because I don't necessarily want to do all this work just to get disrespected like that. Right? Like, it, and when it comes down to it, like, it is still a performance that I work for. Like, I do want to do a good job. But I also, you know... I deserve a little bit of respect for just being up there and performing. I say that about everybody that performs in general, uh, but certainly everybody that performs at my shows. So I don't, I don't exactly know what the uh, the factor is here, but it is something I'm going to have to kind of figure out. And like, yes, I could always not close, but then it's possible that the person who's closing is going to get that same level of attention and disrespect. And I'm not looking to throw that on anybody else either. Uh, I'm very sensitive to the opening and the. Clo- Closing acts because I know how hard they are. All the ones in the middle, while you still have to do a good job, are pretty easy to hold on to a crowd, especially if there's people on either end that you know have come to see you know those people. And I'm not talking about people like fade in and out, like as you know shows go. I mean, yeah, sometimes people can only come for an hour. I'm super guilty of stuff like that. A lot of times when I go up for a show, I feel like such a dick asking like, "What time are you actually going on?" Because I've got like 90 minutes to go see something. But that's my life and my own choices and all that other stuff. But I don't think that was the case here. And like I said, like there were actual musicians, musicians I work with on a regular basis that just bounced. And I, you know, no reason, no comment, no message after the fact, like, sorry, dude, like this happened, like none of that, which is just surprising because that's like, I don't know, I feel like we treat each other a little bit better than that. Uh, but I guess I was wrong because like we didn't. <laughs> So, like, I'm I'm trying to figure that out, and I'm not sure if it's going to make more sense. if it's Because if it's a length, like a time length thing, then instead of starting the show at 7.30 and ending at 12.30, maybe I'll start it at 8.30 or, you know, move it that way. But if it's a really, like, it's just too late for me to be out on a Friday night, then I'm going to have to really figure out a way to course correct because the venue wants us there later. And uh, but I also don't want to play for like three people that are paying attention to what I'm doing. Like that's so I gotta figure, I gotta figure that out going forward. And like that whole vomit of what I was trying to figure out on Saturday after the show is what I didn't want necessarily in the top twenty because I'm not looking to offend anybody and I'm not looking to piss anybody off. Honestly, I don't give a shit if I offend anybody because I'm not saying anything that is inaccurate. But I'm not looking to start a fight with anybody. I'm just pointing out like what happened and what I'm trying to consider. So if anybody has any ideas, again, feel free to hit me up with them because I am all ears. And of course, you can do it in the chat or message me or whatever. And that's fine. But I've talked enough and it's, it's time for some death rooms. That's what I think. And I'm probably right. It doesn't matter. That's what's happening next anyway. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. Ah, it's Coheed time. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. Not sure what the Craving Strange concert schedule is looking like. I have not seen anything posted. I have been in some conversations about a potential show that's coming up, but obviously nothing fixed, nothing even accepted. As far as I can tell, nothing even fully acknowledged even being read yet. So I guess we'll just sort of see what happens in the coming year, 2024. I know there is nothing left on either Rebel 9, Something Heavy, or uh, Craving Strange's schedule for this year. So that's it for 2023. Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, they are in the studio. They're still in production for uh, their new batch of singles, which is cool. We start our pre-production officially next Tuesday for our stuff. So 2024 looks like it's going to be a good year for new music around here, which is awesome. But now it's time for a little older music. And it's your time for your weekly Craving of the Week with Craving Strange. And we are indeed going with Craving Strange this week because I effing feel like it. It's going way back. It's nothing but a chance. On the box.
Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man, time for us to get the hell on out of here. I know, I can't believe it either, but it is. We're at the end of another Hard Rock Lunchbox. I want to thank everybody for taking time out of their day to spend some time with us. Uh, I assure you we will do our absolute 100%, 101% best to be here next week. I'm thinking around noonish on Thursday. And we'll do this all again. Maybe we'll even have more important stuff to talk about, but probably not. I mean, let's be honest. And, uh, yeah, man, figured I'd pick something a little upbeat, something you could all sing along quietly, you know, on your own. Maybe in the car if you want to sing loudly, you know, just rock along, just Turn that volume a little bit up and have yourself a great rest of the week. And um, I'll see y'all in a week on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box.